0: The Walk the Mile podcast is produced on Gadigal land. I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which Skeg Darlinghurst stands, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to Elders past and present. May our reconciliation be an ongoing process of love and compassion. Hello everyone, I'm Gary Lee Lindsay, school chaplain at Skeggs Darlinghurst and you're listening to Walk the Mile, a podcast that opens up conversations that we need to have. Welcome to Walk the Mile. This is the second part of the episode Life is a Drama, a conversation with a whole bunch of people who are involved in the theatre industry. We're picking up our conversation in part two with Elizabeth Butcher, who was instrumental in establishing the Sydney Theatre Company, who was general manager of NIDA for over 40 years. And here we begin with her talking about her involvement in her own school drama what about when you were at school? Did they have house drama and
1: were you yes. involved in that? I I was in Langley, and yeah. me too. <laughs> and I remember the plays, and it was pretty awful. Uh, but no, 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 no. I just enjoyed helping actors um, to get their dream. Because I, I think it's very hard. I think it is a passion. It is something you have to have within you to be an actor. Mm. And I, you talk about teaching uh, acting. I more think it is giving that actor the skills for the talents that they have. That's sort of how I see it. So they give you how to project your voice, how to do. But you, you've got your own intris- intrinsic skill. Um, to be an actor.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And I, I think um, in terms of what Peter was saying before about how you naturally become a better actor as you age and get more life experience, I see that because I teach the littlies, like, years three to six, but then I work with seniors with some things. And I see that the main thing that's the big difference with, that, with all those age groups is that when you're younger, you are less able to um, go with your instincts because you've still got so much, I don't know, um, I think your body and mind don't quite relate yet. You don't know who you are. You have less self-awareness, possibly. Yeah. As you age, I think you find just, uh, yeah, more instinctual movements. It's as simple as sometimes you're teaching a student... And they'll be, and this is for anyone who's acting in school. They'll just stand really still and and not know how to move. But you see their body almost start to shake as they feel like they're about. They should move, but they feel like they're not allowed to. And it's you know then you talk to them and you say, you're feeling uncomfortable, aren't you? And that's because I think in this moment your character wants to, you know, fight, wants to, you know, drive towards something. So walk and move. Mm. Um, but as you get older and as you go to drama school and, and have experience, those instincts become more natural. Right. You're closer to the character rather than so sure. far away.
0: Yeah. Do, do you ever go to see plays and because you've learnt the craft that you might notice things maybe that the usual punter might not, like me. But you might, I know, again, my son will say, I'll say, oh, that was a great play. And go, oh, well, you know, that person did this and this. And I think, I didn't see that.
2: Yeah, do you it's do awful that? because you start to sometimes not enjoy it as much as you used to. Yeah, yeah. but, but sp- that's sp- when you know it's a good play because you're like, wow, I was fully in that.
3: Yeah, totally. Well, Especially with, like, film and TV. I'm always looking at the shots. I'm like, interesting. All right. <laughs> <bit of color." laughs> Why did they decide to do that? I'm like, no, just what? Enjoy the story, but it's <laughs> tough. It is really it does annoy me. <laughs> Wish yeah. that when I could
4: just be at ignorance is bliss when it's not you know as incredible as it could be. You notice all the bits and pieces. When it is incredible work, you just go with the yeah, storytelling sure. and you don't you don't notice stuff. Right. You don't sit there and notice the detail, but if there's something going on, you'll see the boom in shot or you'll see you know a terrible edit that's A bit messy or you know something that was fluffed or something that was a shaky camera or something where it shouldn't have been and and the same with stage if you're watching um an incredible performance and and an incredible production all round with the sets and the lighting and everything and it's you and you're immersed in it you don't notice mistakes that you know happen every night because it's live so and that's the beauty of theater that it happens every night yeah um and that's also wonderful for us that theatre is live, so people will see a one-off show. It's not the same any night, one night to the next. We have, a, you know, we have skills to do, to repeat a performance, but it's never really re- repeated. You're yeah. still experiencing it every yeah. night. So, whereas see. in film and TV, you sort of without that, you know, you don't have the power. Yeah, sure. Do you have a suite. preference?
0: Compe- like unit. stage a screen for
4: me. Stage screen.
3: Oh, I've thought about this so much, and I actually don't think I can choose. I, I've gone back and forth so much, and <laughs> I think it's it has to be equal.
0: But they sound like very different mediums. Is that right? Like as this a performer. is another
3: thing I've thought about a lot, and I go back and forth from being like it's the same two, it's completely different. And I think what I eventually settled on is they're the same but different.
2: (laughs) So it's
0: good Charlie. Yeah. Yeah, I get it.
2: Are you talking (laughs) performance or watching?
0: Performance, yeah.
2: I way prefer theatre because of that live feeling. When I when you're on a film set, it's so slow and mechanical I find. I'm sure it would be a different experience if you were working with an auteur like, you know, but Tarantino or whatever, I'm sure there would be more time, more development of character, all that. Maybe I'm wrong. But in especially Australian TV, not as much money. They have to just go quick and you just have to repeat the same movement. So I put down my glass on that line. Oh, got to remember to put down my glass. I feel like I'm so out of my body. I'm, whereas in stage, right. you're, you're able to just go on the journey right. every night.
0: So it's more mechanical for you, Pop, would you say? Right. What do you think, Pete? You've done a bit of TV. Oh, I, I prefer <laughs> the
5: stage. Um, yeah, it's immediate. That, that you, you can feel the audience and, and their response whether they're engaged or whether they're not. Or, um, and, and back to what Deb was saying, um, I, my favourite word, theatre, is ephemeral. It lives in the memory. You know, great performances that you've seen, great actors, you know, centre stage. Mm. Um, and, and, and that's special because it's here and it's, and it's here and, and you've got that to hang on to for, forever. Um, Charlotte just did this magnificent tour of the Mousetrap, Agatha Christie's Mousetrap. It was a wonderful production. Uh, it's finished now.
3: It is, It yeah. is,
5: but in here, I have the memory of, of that wonderful, stylistically it was perfect, it was designed perfectly and delivered by this brilliant cast. Um, and we won't see that again, yeah? It's, it's, it's gone now.
3: It's gone. It's gone. I know. It's sad. (laughs) I miss it. (laughs) And you did how many performances? I think close to two hundred. It was. We did a lot. We went all around. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever get bored? You know, the Mousetrap is interesting because it's such a. I mean, it's an Agatha Christie thing, but it's such a like a Who Done It, and so I would go through stages after a couple of months, being like, I, there's nothing new to be found here. <laughs> and then when I would reach that point, like someone would do something on stage, and I'd be like, oh, that's what that is. <laughs> but it's so interesting doing, like at face value, quite a simple play. How much you really can find by just doing something over and over and over again, mm. especially with different audiences, that was the best part of seeing how... The audiences were different in each city. It was fascinating.
0: Yeah, I often wonder that like with musicians, you know, they do their their farewell tours and they're playing the same songs that they've been playing for years and years. And I think, do they get bored of that? But you're sort of saying, even if you're doing, as an actor and performing, you're finding something new in it each time.
3: Mm. Well, you have to. Yeah. Otherwise, you go mad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sure. What's your preference, Elizabeth? stage I'm guessing? Um, no. I mean No? Not, no? You not. watch a lot of movies?
1: No I don't. Uh, nor do I watch much television these days. Nor do I go to the theatre very much either. But uh, I do enjoy the theatre.
0: Do you follow careers of people that, you, yes. that you've seen? Yes.
1: I mean, I know all of them. Yeah, right. Well, I, well I, the girls, the young, two young ones, I know their mothers and fathers. Yeah, right. And uh, Deb, so, yeah. And that must
0: be pretty fulfilling for you. To yes, it
1: is. It's, it's so very interesting, yes, to watch and see how they progress. Yeah.
0: Do you feel like you've had a hand in that?
1: Well, I don't know. Do I? <laughs> to a degree, I do, yes. I've provided the resources for them to go and, and do, um, to do their performances or their film or their television whatever they...
0: Uh, yes, I, yes, I suppose Good I could on say you. that.
5: Mm. I'm sure you have. But mm. well, I've heard from many actors too that you were a wonderful maternal presence in the... Because, a lot, you know, a lot of those students, they're away, they're interstate, That's right. they're travelling, um, uh, maybe international students, mm. who are away from their families, um, and sometimes you need a shoulder to cry on yeah. or somebody to talk to, and you were always there to do that, I hear.
1: Yes? Have you got any money? <laughs> that was uh, an often question asked. Really? <laughs> uh, can I borrow something today? Yes, so, um, yes, they'll all remember. So what
0: sort of jobs have you done when you've been acting and had to find a bit of money here and there? What sort of things have you done?
2: <laughs> Skeggs employs me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, um, I teach uh, for Skeggs and I'm directing the, or co-directing the next show. That's great, yeah.
3: I worked in a costume shop for a while. I right. was so bad. Um, <laughs> I was really bad at my job. And then before that, I worked at a gym. Right. Yeah.
0: Just to keep, get some money to pay the bills, so to speak.
3: Yeah. Just something to do, I guess. Sure. I mean, more than anything. <laughs> sure. But, yeah.
4: Corporate work. Yeah. Um. Quite a few active friends of mine have created businesses where they're corporate um, trainers, what they call corporate dramatists, whatever that means. But we go into financial institutions and um, uh, the legal businesses and train people for everything from um, change management to how to have difficult conversations with with, um, colleagues. Um, Lots of that kind of thing and teaching.
5: I had a very cautious dad who said, get something to fall back on. So I went off to uni and trained to be a teacher, and I taught for five years before I went to drama school. So I had that uh, when I was acting. Uh, I was a casual teacher at a lot of schools around right. Sydney, which was um, terrific. It um, uh, was flexible and paid well. Uh, I also worked in theatres as an usher and behind the bar, mm-hmm. uh, and that's great too, as an usher, to sort of see performances again and again and again, yes. because you can study those and, and, and take from... Did that give you
0: opportunity to make networks and... Oh, absolutely,
5: because you'll find that every other usher, or every other barman, a barmaid, a bar person, um, is also an actor. (laughs) 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 Or a a, a, a director on the rise, or or something like that. So, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, It's wonderful.
0: What about your your proudest moment? What's your proudest moment on the stage or off the stage?
1: (laughs) Um... Well, I did have one great honour, and that was that um, I chaired the Sydney Opera House for eight or nine years. Right. And I think I was the first woman to do that. Right. So Fantastic. I'm proud of that, yes. Very and, what,
0: and what was that like, being the first woman to do that? Was that noticeable or was that well no, supported? No, not really. It
1: was well supported, great. yes. And I, I enjoyed that.
0: Good yeah. on you. And what was, what was your role in terms of...?
1: Uh, well, as a general, but I was still at NIDA, right? so I used to get in the car, drive down the Opera House, do my job, then drive back to NIDA. So uh, right. it's a very busy time. And all your work's
0: been recognised, hasn't it? You've, did you get an Order of Australia? Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Good on you.
1: But I think looking after the students, that's what I love about NIDA, yeah, you're right. really. Um, I bailed some out of jail. I bailed some out of here and I'll tell you a funny story. I won't tell you who they were. But I got a phone call one night at midnight and uh, someone was calling me and uh, this student, he was in Martin Place and I have no idea what he was talking about. And anyway, then I got a phone call from the police that said if you don't come and get him, he's going to jail. And I realised that because I w- wore contact lens, I just put my glasses on, and I still was in my nightgown and dressing gown. And I drove in to Martin Place looking for this student. I found him and took him home, gave him some food, and he was all right the next
0: day. Oh, that's good. And he's gone on to be a yes,
1: that's right. A, he comes from Western Australia. I'm all right. You. <laughs> Academy Award-winning <laughs> actor. Thank you very much. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah, and, I'm, and again, going back to that community thing, you know, it's so pivotal what you've done and that support for for people in in the industry. Yeah, what about the rest of you? What's been the proudest moment?
5: Um, a, a moment which I'm chuffed about, which I often share with people, uh, gets back to a, an ideal husband. Um, We were the first production into the Lyric Theatre, the the big theatre that was built for the casino. And uh, I was the first person on stage. I led the company out uh, during the, the opening... Uh, of the show, just to, to everyone to take their place on stage. And I was the first person on the stage. So I will say that I'm the first person on the Lyric Theatre stage to, to perform in a play, which is quite something, I think. And then uh, this was a company that was, it starred Googie Withers and John McCullum and Penny Cook and John Waters and Josephine Burns. It was a wonderful cast and, and there on opening night and it was uh, Sir Peter Hall came out to direct it. Opening night, Curtain call, Corner, I've made it. Mm. My star is just gonna rise from now on, never did.
4: Never <laughs> that's, right, that, that's
5: That's how fickle this <laughs> environment is, this, this, this industry is,
4: so, yeah. Yes, you did. You're teaching here. <laughs> They're right. lucky. They're very, very lucky important to have job. you.
0: Very important job.
4: To have someone that's a teacher that's also a trained actor is a very unusual and wonderful thing. Yeah, right. I keep telling the girls all the time. Um, I just have lots of different proud moments, and similarly like that, I think we did... Um, I was in the first production in the new NIDA theatre, in the new building, and that was extraordinary to be on. Um, I can't... Uh, touring a show for on and off, but for eight years. Um, I only know that because I started when I was pregnant with my second, our second son, and then when I finished, he was eight. So um, that's wow. the only reason I can remember that it was eight years. And I don't know how many productions we did, but that was a very proud yeah achievement for me and I never ever got bored it was weird it was a group of six women talking about um, being young mothers and it wasn't any kind of Shakespeare or Chekhov it was a very commercial you know um, spoke to the community kind of very successful and um, wonderful show Um, and we had lots of return audience members they'd come the women had come as mother group, mother's groups and then they'd run back and tell their husbands that they'd have to come and drag their husbands to another show and the husbands would go home and then they'd bring their colleagues at work with their wives and um, so we'd get and we'd get letters from women saying oh that's my story and wow, it was fantastic. a wonderful thing to be involved in.
0: There's something about that connection isn't it with your audience which was, yeah. which was quite pleasing, quite yeah. fulfilling.
4: I used to call it community service, mm. um, and when, when I was at NIDA, our, our, it wasn't a degree, it was a diploma, and uh, later on in the 90s, no, it was 2000s, I think, we were able to convert it to a degree. We had to do an essay, like a thesis thing, and submit you know credit points from being in the industry, and I wrote about that show and uh, tried to work out what is the sort of the nature and what's, the, what's this idea of success, what makes a successful show. No one can ever really put, a, put their finger on it, but it was just this thing about telling people the mirror and putting their stories up yeah. on stage, and so they felt seen. And that, I think that's a really important part of yeah. uh, our industry. Great. Thank you.
3: It's so funny, because I feel like as actors, you're always kind of thinking about what you need to be doing more of, or, like, the next thing. So I'm trying to think of when I've just been like, wow, I'm proud of that. And it's actually kind of hard to think of. Um, But I guess maybe the last performance of The Mousetrap, when we were in Perth, um, because I, I actually had never done a play before that. Right. And... The theatres we were performing in were so huge. Like, there were some theatres that were, like, 1,500 people. Um, And so I knew that when I finished, it would be, like, a big moment for me emotionally, but, oh, my God, I just broke down and sobbed in the arms of my cast. And I think... I don't know if I, like... What I was feeling at the time was, like, being proud but I was, I think I was proud of myself. Because mm. um, it was, it was big, a big journey. Yeah, right. And, yeah.
0: Was it was a sense of, you know, I can do this.
3: Yeah, yeah. But I think at the time I just thought I was really emotional because I was going to miss everyone. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but I think also, I, I guess I was proud. Sure.
2: Mine actually will weirdly involve Charlie, um... Even though I've done shows and since WAPA, um, one of my main proud moments was during Whopper. My mum was very sick at the end of second year, and I went into the hospital and I told her I had been cast as Juliet, like it was a massive thing to get the lead in the Shakespeare in third year. I was really excited to tell her, and she just sat there. She's going to come across as awful. but She was amazing. She sat there and she was like, well, she was in the year above, um, Charlie's mum. Well, I saw Judy and Mel Gibson do it at NIDA and um, (laughs) you'll never be as good as they were. (laughs) And I... Anyway, she never got to see um, that show because she passed away. um, And and then I went into rehearsals. And it's a good... It shows how much of a healer... I guess what we do is and I think that's why we do it because that show is all about grief but like I had to experience a similar thing to what I was experiencing I suppose in real life Um, and so I think that's what I'm most proud of is honestly just getting through that but I think yeah is um, (laughs) being able to prove her wrong because she was never able to say (laughs) whether your mum was better than me or not yeah yeah
0: that would have been tough I'm guessing
2: Yes, but um, my teachers were more worried about how tough it would be than I was. I think I always felt like she was there during that show. So it was actually, I don't think I would have gotten through that month without doing that show. Mm Yeah. Wow. That's how amazing, yeah, art is. Yeah, that's right.
0: Good on you. I'm sure I could ask more questions, but I won't. I'm just going to open it up to anyone out there. If you've got any questions, you want to put your hand up and I'll come out and you can ask your question to these five lovely people. Anybody?
1: I'll direct this to Deb. Oh, Um, thanks. Of course, she's she's a dear friend. (laughs) And I am so impressed that as a mother of four children, she has managed, or she manages, to put herself forward, put herself out there, and succeed in performing in a variety of different performances that we've all been to see as her dear friends. But um, I just don't know how you do it, Deb. Four kids, learning all those lines. How do you remember it?
4: Thank you, Bron. Um, (laughs) These are my friends (laughs) that... um, I've, we've grown up with basically in, in our suburb and uh, our book club. And uh, I have an incredible support network. I wouldn't be able to do it without the people around me. My husband down there somewhere and my kids all help. I mean, the house is a mess always, but that's not important, I don't think. So, um, And they never say, no, don't do that. Job, if it comes up, or um, they let me make the decision. I'm often asking them, "Should I do this?" But um, ultimately, it's my decision. So it's it's a juggle. I mean, most mothers know the juggle that we go through, just as mothers trying to manage any kind of career, let alone in the arts um, with raising children. But um, yeah, and I think it just it teaches me it teaches me more than I. Uh, learn that I, you know, give to the industry. It's sort of, I learn more about myself and my family every time I do a job. But I couldn't do it without the support around me. And the lines—they used to be the easiest thing. Uh, learning lines, especially if we were on doing television, and we'd get a script for you know an episode of something, and you'd learn it in a day, and then you'd have to sort of dispose of it, and then learn the next ep and there's a turnaround of sometimes ten days, sometimes two weeks, sometimes even quicker than that when you're doing long-running television. But uh, as you get older, the lines become much more difficult to learn, and that becomes the most difficult part, I think, of a show, is learning the lines, whereas it used to be the easiest. And that's just your mind being getting old, but also just crammed with other things as an adult, as a parent. But, yes, it is a juggle. But I wouldn't be doing. It. I wouldn't do anything else, really.
1: Hi, uh, I just would like to make a quick comment. As a mother of an actor, please be prepared for tears, for anguish, for ecstasy, for pride, and never, ever miss a first. Night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, Jan. Words of wisdom.
4: <laughs> That's Any funny. other questions? That's funny, Mrs Sorry. Maurice, because a lot of actors I know will discourage their family from coming to an opening night because we don't really, generally, we don't like them. It's more for, it's another kind of performance, you know, it's all industry, you know, um, reviewers and... Right. funding be people that are you're philanthropists and people that are you know supporting the theater and it's a different kind of audience generally so but yes don't miss an opening night if they want you there <laughs> any other questions Salam
1: uh, Earlier you were talking about what it was like at school to be marked on performances I wondered how you dealt with reviews um, now that you're in the professional space um, when, you know, you you read um, critics that write things that are not amazingly, um, you know, sort of complementary?
2: Um, that was another piece of wisdom um, from my parents. They said, if you are going to read the reviews, you have to... Um, Be acknowledging the positive and the negative reviews so if you're going to read them you can't just be like oh if they said I was good I must have been amazing and you also can't conversely say I read a horrible review I must be horrible you often will get I mean unless it's a triumph of a show you'll often get a variety of people liking and disliking your work I had yeah one review um, for a show I did at the Ensemble Theatre say she was stopping and starting a lot in her sentences and it was like she didn't know who the character was but if they'd have read the play, they would have seen that there was dashes almost after every two words. So reviewers sometimes are very intelligent and know what they're talking about, sometimes not. And You kind of got to either believe them all or not believe any of them, really. Um, So therefore, just a lot of people don't read them or they pretend they don't read them. They're never spoken about in the dressing room. Um, so, yeah, it's actually okay. You've come across so much other rejection and stuff, I don't think many people get that upset about them. You kind of know what you're in. The director might have directed you to do something really wacky and that's the thing that the reviewer comments on and you're like, well, I'm doing what the vision was for the show. And that's where the danger is. If you read a review on the first night and then you're like, oh, now I've got to change everything, that's, that's the danger. Sorry, I overtook that. No, 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 no. you're so... I
3: have gotten the exact same advice, which is just, like, don't listen to them, good or bad, because it'll be misleading either way. Um, But, yeah, they're hard to um, avoid, because even if you're trying to not read them, people will send them to you or say, like, did you read? Like, they wrote this about you. And you're like, shut up. I don't want to know. But I don't know. I guess I love talking to actors that have been around forever and they have the funniest stories about things that have been written about them in reviews like one of my mum's friends was telling me about a review he had once where the reviewer said he needed to be hosed off the stage which is so funny but I'm sure at the time it was really hard to read about yourself but I guess yeah treat everything with a sense of humour you'll get through
4: yeah most actors don't read reviews um, on principle because it's someone's opinion. Uh, I've had arguments with reviewers in the past. They're they're much kinder now, but in the old days they were very critical, uh, to the point where I thought that they really affected the industry and had conversations with them at, you know, at the bar after the show and... You don't want to kill the industry, you want to critique You don't want to criticise, you want to critique. There's a big difference. And at the end of the day, it is one person's opinion and they come with their own experience for that. So um, not reading reviews is actually a really good thing because it's not their vision. You're you're carrying forward after opening night, you're carrying forward the, the director's vision and that's your job. And the director leaves the show on opening night and it's up to the stage manager to ensure that you maintain that storytelling, that particular storytelling that you've been working on during rehearsals and don't deviate from that. If something goes wrong or there is something really bad, then they often call the director back in and, you know, you might fix something, but you don't listen to reviewers, especially, especially if they're good. That makes people's egos go a bit crazy, so they're actually worse. Actually once Kevin Jackson, who was one of our teachers, came to a show that I did at The Old Fitz and he was a wonderful, wonderful teacher. And he gave me an awful review. Uh, He said I was demonstrating, which is actually what the director had encouraged me to do as this character. And it was part of her fear. She was a a, a soldier in Iraq. And um, I confronted him about it and I said, well, you taught me. So if I was demonstrating, that's (laughs) partly your fault. But also we had a conversation about the piece and then I explained to him what we were doing and where we were going with it. But it was really funny. I think that's the only bad review I've ever had. But... I don't read them, generally. What about you, Pete?
5: I think you've answered it all, it's oh. great. Uh, but those reviewers who were half of the industry, I think that it was more about the reviewer than the, than yeah. the, the, the theatre. Yeah. yeah, it was more about them being a personality, but yeah.
2: Hi, you've um, said a couple of words that concern a mother of an aspiring uh, theatrical performer, which is 98% unemployment, um, and you know, dealing with rejection and failure all the time. But I'm actually quite positive about this sort of career for my daughter because I see theatre as sort of future proof because you have to be on the stage, you're there as a person performing. But how do you see things changing in the wake of AI and technological developments that impact theatre?
4: That's what they're um, part of why they're. Um on strike in the US is about AI, but I don't know that theatre will be affected too much about it uh, with AI, I don't think. Does anybody else have...?
5: Yeah, mm-hmm. theatre's survived the plague, <laughs> um, uh, all sorts of, of tragedies. Theatre's always been there, that's what people have, have gone to for, for uh, their salvation and humanity in times of, of crisis. So I, I think theatre will always be around. Um, screen and cinema is another... Uh, thing altogether, what will happen with that. Um, yeah, look, that, that's great that you have that belief. I, I think, you know, anybody who wants to go into this industry, I think you, you can prepare them for the 98% uh, unemployment. But if that's their passion, I think you just have to nurture that and encourage it. And then it's up to the individual, I think, on their journey, and it certainly was my experience, you get to a stage where you think, maybe this just isn't for me maybe this isn't going to work um, i'm losing the hunger for it i want routine and security in my life and so then you diversify and you find another occupation but at least you can say well i gave it a shot it was great so yeah anybody who wants to do it i say go for it because you never know you might your numbers might come up and you might win the lottery
4: and upskilling yourself so you know if you can if you're a musician as well and a dancer they're the triple threat kind of Thing. and if you can write and if you can direct and if you can design and if you can do all those things, they all inform the artist So and, and help feed you into other areas of the industry that you don't necessarily have to just rely on acting
2: As people who have both worked and attended um, drama schools after high school do you think it's like those drama schools have changed over time and it's like become more valuable for an actor's journey, or they don't really need it?
5: That's a good question, Ave. really good question. Uh, Look, acting training in Australia, I think, has changed a lot in the last 10 years. And that's chiefly because there's been a whole new guard, a whole new range, a new generation of teachers who have now assumed positions at those schools. So so naturally, they they are starting to redefine and shape the syllabus depending on uh, what the industry now is and what, what people are going out into the industry to work within. However, uh, drama school isn't the be-all and end-all of, of having a career. We know lots of, of great actors who never went... To, to drama school, but they serve their apprenticeship and their training by getting a job, which led to the next job, and, and they've learnt on the job, yeah, so, uh, and certainly when I talk to people in my podcast, I find that there have been so many pathways to finding your eventual career. You may set out to, be, to do one thing, but one thing leads to another, and all of a sudden you're a casting director, or you're an administrator, or you are suddenly um, the stage door person, and still very happy in in the career that you found, yeah, so there's no tried and true way.
2: Yeah, and I think it's lucky that there's no tried and true true way, because there are only, I mean, 18 at WAPA, I think 24 or something in NIDA each year, there's a few other great schools as well, VCA, QUT, um, ACA here, Um, but... So there's very few spots in drama school, so um, it's it's a great thing that it isn't the only avenue as well because that would be extremely um, elitist, unfair, because some people can't afford to go. So, yeah, there are many avenues. Definitely getting a mentor, I think, or multiple mentors, but someone to, like, just... Because it's very hard to understand without doing it the independent theatre scene and, you know, getting into that type of world. So definitely talking to people is another way of of learning as well.
0: Got time for one more question. I think there was one over here, Jane.
3: Hi, I just wanted to ask about auditions. So, actors don't just jump onto LinkedIn or seek and see what's happening. How important is your community and your network for finding out about productions or projects that are going to be filmed here? So, Deb made a comment earlier that Whenever, you know, me as an audience looks at an Australian film, there's so many of the same actors that are in so many of the same Australian films. And obviously they're good and that's why they get cast, but do they have castings or do some roles not get cast? How often do you attend auditions for films and TV or plays coming up? I got my agent through drama school actually, so that is... That's uh,
2: something that drama school yeah. can give you.
3: Yeah, that's really fantastic because you do a showcase at the end and then all the agents come and the ones that are interested um, you have a meeting with them and then... But there is also other ways to get agents, but yeah, I think I mean, the, you do, you can find auditions without an agent, but it's so much easier. Um, and there are also things that You won't hear about unless it's through your agent um and in terms of how often you audition it really just goes up and down like you go through dry spells and then you'll have a few weeks where there are so many and then it just really depends i guess on what's going on would you agree
4: yeah you we used to go to drama school and be guaranteed an agent which we we all were um, but now you can graduate and actually not get one. Um, there's no guarantee anymore. I have been without an agent now for about seven years, but I had an agent coming out of NIDA and I was lucky enough to also be able to meet and have meetings with lots of agents when I was younger because they were very welcoming and it was a much younger industry too. But um, there are things online now where there are, it's like a LinkedIn. It's like a casting network site and there's... Um, IMDb, they'll post what is currently in pre-production or you'll hear it from other people, um, especially with theatre. And sometimes if you've been in the industry a long time, you'll just get emails from the casting people directly to you um, and then you'll go in and audition or sometimes you just get asked to do a role without auditioning. But there's a lot of stuff out there now, especially since... Um, All the streaming services have just skyrocketed and um, they can't really... It's almost like they can't keep up with the casting. And, yes, a lot of the same actors do get cast and sometimes that's just box office, you know. They know that they're popular, so they'll cast them again because they've got a following and and it's about getting more funding for that production to go ahead and that's theatre and TV and film.
2: Yeah, often... Like most of the big roles will be cast based on their portfolio. The casting agents will go straight to offer. But there's often... You can work your way up. You know, there's, you know, the door holder in a, you know, in a scene or whatever, which you will audition for, um, and then um, that's fun. It's It could be a week's work, and that's actually quite a good job Um And auditions for screen, and even horribly for Theatre Now, too, are often done on self-tape because the casting agents, as you say, can't really keep up, don't have time because there's so much work. Um, So you film it at home and send it in, which is a horrible experience because you're not getting any feedback. Mm. So, you, yeah, um, if you're never hearing anything and you're just in your room by yourself sending it off, it can be quite difficult but that's where having an agent is also quite nice because you are getting feedback from them. With theatre, if you don't have an agent, I would recommend um, looking at, at the season launches each year. They will post what they who, have, who they have cast so far and there will often be a few roles here and there that aren't cast and that's where reading lots of plays is really important because if you see, oh, they're doing an Oscar Wilde and I know that there's a 20 year old, you know, redhead woman or whatever in the show, oh, I know that I can email directly to that casting agent of that theatre company and say, this is my experience, I'd love to get in the room to audition. So having, always reading plays, knowing, um, yeah, the characters in each play is really good to.
0: Thank you very much, Pop, and thank you, everyone. It turned out the way they wanted to. I thought we were going to have a conversation, and we did, so that's good. So thank you. If we can just say thank you to Elizabeth, Peter, Deb, Charlie, and Poppy for the great interaction, and I know that Susanna has something to say.
4: Um, on behalf of the audience tonight, I just wanted to say a massive thank you for coming to talk to us. and. Mr Lee for having your amazing podcast live. Um, Thank you everyone so much for coming,
2: our amazing panel. It's been a great night.